Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> this is way harder than I thought it was. I am excited. My name is Giovanni and thank you for being here. And I got a question for you, Dr. Gupta. What kind of a car does an egg drive? A what drive? What kind of a car does an egg drive? A Volkswagen. <laughs> the Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to the Daily Huddle. <laughs> it's terrible. I know, it's terrible. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Southeast, East Coast, West Coast. Good morning, wherever you are. Thank you for being here. Thank you for opening your calendar. Thank you for moving things around. Thank you for clicking <laughs> randomly and having to deal with these terrible jokes. Thank you for being part of our lives. It is not a small thing that you're here. And as I always like to remind myself, it is not a small thing to wake up. It's about 3 million people or so don't wake up every morning or something like that. I missed the stats. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Today we're gonna to have a phenomenal conversation with a phenomenal human being. You want to be part of this conversation. You wanna tune in and listen to this over and over and over because every time I am with Dr. Nidhi Gupta, my life changes. And today's focus for the conversation is how to add three hours in your day for the rest of your life. When I was being coached by Sorel, Dr. Gupta, Sorel would say, say something else, man. Say something else. And then I finally got it. Yeah, you get to say how life goes. You get to say. All right. So today's conversation I'm really excited about. And I'm going to just say a tip of the iceberg of the opportunity of Dr. Gupta's life. You don't need any introduction at the Daily Huddle, Dr. Gupta, but I'm just going to say a few things. Dr. Nidhi Gupta is a pediatric endocrinologist at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, was a pediatric endocrinologist at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital in Nashville. She's the founder of Freedom. She was born and raised in India at medical school in Maulana, Azad Medical College, New Delhi in India, pediatric residency at Children's Hospital of Michigan, and pediatric endocrinology fellowship at Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota. She's the recipient of multiple young investors investigator awards and author of numerous peer review articles and book chapters. She's a mother of two children, guiding principles, knowledge and balance. And she's recently going to be delivering a TED talk. And I am excited about that. And I'm looking forward to be there. Dr. Gupta, thank you for being here. I know that today's conversation is how to add three extra hours in your day for the rest of your life. How does in pediatric endocrinologist with a plethora of experience in a particular field becomes interested in how to add three extra hours of your day. Thank you, Giovanni. And thank you for having me on the daily huddle. It is a great habit to have. Everybody should be here every morning. That's the best way to start your day. So how do you add three hours in your day or why do I think 
there is a reason to talk about this topic. Why do we need to add three hours in your day? Because there is so much that can be done in three hours. From my patient's perspective, from my colleague's perspective, from as a parent, as a professional, there is so much that can be done in 24 hours. How, my patients in pediatric endocrinology often struggle with diet and lifestyle. They struggle with being active. They struggle with making good food choices. And then they come to my clinic with issues that manifest as hormone issues, supposedly endocrine issues. But I do all kinds of endocrine testing and I do not, in majority of the cases, find any hormone imbalance, any endocrine problem. Then when I start peeling the layers of what their life looks like, what their lifestyle looks like, that's where I find the problem. The problem that relates to excessive screen time. And mind you, not just excessive screen time of children themselves, but by their parents as well. So traditionally, typically, most of the guidelines about screen time are published by pediatric societies, American Academy of Pediatrics, Canadian Society of Pediatrics, because we like to think of screen time being an issue for children only. In my research, the papers that I have published recently, it affects medical students, nursing students, professionals, technicians, physicians, non-medical providers, parents, grandparents, talk about anyone and everybody is affected. We are in a very close relationship with our wireless mobile devices. So before I go into the details of answering the question, how to add three hours in your life, there are two terms that I like to define as a background so that everybody's on the same page by what I mean when I say WMD wireless mobile devices. Now the most commonly known definition of WMD is weapons of mass destruction. My take on WMD besides wireless mobile devices is weapons of mass distraction, okay? Now what are wireless mobile devices? Any device that is portable and uses wireless internet to send or receive information. So smartphones, tablets, um, iWatches, laptops, and for completion's sake, I would put in modern TV as well, because modern TV, we are using that with the access of internet. So it has all the functionalities that our wireless mobile devices have. The second term that I use very commonly in context of wireless mobile devices is relationship. We are in a relationship with our devices. Why is that? Can we imagine a day? Well, a day is asking for too much. Let's try about, can we imagine 30 minutes? without our devices? Well, if not, we are in a very close intimate relationship with our devices. And not all relationships are bad. We have to take a pause, we have to step back and analyze the health of that relationship to make sure it is healthy and it doesn't go into the spectrum of overuse, dependency, and finally addiction. Wow, wow, okay. <laughs> All right, so there is so much to go from here, right? Uh, so, so you are practicing medicine and you're being with children and their parents and then you're, you're doing what you do, what your, what your research has led you to investigate about hormones and about how to make sure that you help the child and the parent whatever challenge they have and then what I'm hearing that you're saying is well I had to go into a non-traditional way to look at what's impacting some their life the child and the parent 
And what you are sharing with us is that in many ways, what is in our blind spot in the context of health and wellness is the impact of these mobile devices, of this, how you refer them as weapons of mass distraction. And so, um, and includes everything that we know about and maybe even modern TV, given that in modern TVs now you can do almost anything you could do on your phone. And so what has been your findings, Dr. Gupta, in the context of the impact to our health? Because there is a distraction, but I'm imagining that there is so much more that you're finding on, in the context of impacting our time consume, consumption, our health, our hormones, our... I'm not, I don't even know in which direction to ask you. What has been your findings? Yes, Giovanni. In April of this year, I published um, a commentary in American Journal of Medicine Open, where I talked about the pitfalls in the use of wireless mobile devices by healthcare professionals and how it is associated with procrastination, distraction, errors, and burnout. I'll give you one or maybe two examples um, that are published, case reports, cases of healthcare professionals causing harm to a patient due to the distraction caused by wireless mobile devices while they were taking care of the patient. So a training resident was rounding. Rounding is a process where we, or during inpatient, we uh, go and check on all of the patients and we make sure they're doing okay and what is the plan for the day. That is a team process where a resident is involved, maybe a fellow, the attending physician and other team members who take care of the patient. During rounds, it was discussed that for this particular patient, one of the medications needed to be discontinued. <coughs> The resident who was responsible for discontinuing that medication, she picked up her phone in order to discontinue the medication on her phone because we have access to electronic medical record on our phone. When she picked up the phone on her home screen, she saw a notification from a friend asking about dinner plans for that evening. She got distracted and went to answer that notification. And in that process, she forgot to discontinue that medication. Three days later, the patient had a major complication because the patient continued to receive that medication. This was a case report that was published in medical literature. The second example, there was a study done <coughs> back into 2010. And that is the time when iPhones had been around for only two or three years. Apple launched their first smartphone in 2009. Even then, there was a study done on technicians who were operating the cardiopulmonary bypass machine. Now you would think it's a high intensity setting. Cardiopulmonary bypass is a big deal. The study found that about 56% of the technicians who were operating the cardiopulmonary, cardiopulmonary bypass equipment were either texting or using their devices while they were in the procedure. Mm. This is not normal. <clears throat> we have to stop accepting this as normal. So there is a lot of <coughs> implication of excessive screen time, excessive use of wireless mobile devices, just outside of the fact that, oh, this is how I relax. Oh, this is how my me time is. Oh, this is how I stay connected with everybody else. There is a whole lot more that is associated with what we are doing with our devices. And when I <coughs> talk about burnout, let's talk about burnout a little bit. Um, 
I, I recently read a book by a physician. His name is uh, Duke Drummond. He is a family medicine physician. He was trained at Mayo Clinic. The book's name is Stop Physician Burnout, When Working Hard Is Not Working Out. In his book, he defines burnout as a composition of three buckets and the depletion of those three energy accounts or three energy buckets, physical bucket, emotional bucket, and the spiritual bucket. Now, what goes into all of these buckets? Physical bucket can be repleted by adequate sleep, good nutrition, and regular exercise. So physical bucket. Emotional bucket gets depleted when we, and this doesn't apply to physicians only, this could be any profession, when we go through a phase of compassion fatigue, when we don't find joy in real life activities, when we are not spending quality time with loved ones, and everybody defines quality time differently. If your child is playing a board game and you are sitting engaged with your devices, that doesn't count as quality time. The third bucket is the spiritual bucket. And I don't refer to spiritual bucket in any religious sense, that's not the point. Spiritual bucket includes having a sense of purpose and meaning in your work and in your life. So in my research, I found a direct link between excessive use of wireless mobile devices or dependency or addiction to, <coughs> to wireless mobile devices and exhaustion of all three energy accounts. And you might not know this, Giovanni, but there are two professions in the world that have the highest rate of burnout. Number one, active duty military. Number two, physicians. Our devices help us escape from situations which are perceived to be boring, which are perceived to be tedious, either mentally or physically challenging. And in that process, we tend to displace important activities like exercise and sleep. That's where our physical bucket gets depleted. What about our emotional bucket? We tend to compare ourselves with everybody else on social media. Excessive exposure to social media in our research we found is not good for mental health. Now there is absolutely no doubt about it. It increases the risk for anxiety, depression, and suicide. We compare our own achievements with everybody else. Our achievements seem so small in front of what everybody else is doing and posting on social media because we forget that what we see on social media is just the best stuff. We are not seeing what is happening, what is the ugly that is happening behind the scenes. So we tend to compare ourselves and our ugliness with what is great on social media in everybody else's life. How our time with loved ones is interrupted by device use is also going to um, deplete our emotional and <coughs> spiritual buckets. And that is where the seeds of burnout get planted. Now, Giovanni, the issue of burnout is very vast and very complicated. We cannot possibly explain it all and attribute it entirely to our devices but yes, what we found is that devices can certainly play a significant role in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's like um, saying, you know, I'm always tired. I can't, I can't blame the cigarettes I'm smoking for my tiredness, but it had something to do with it, right? That is, this is really uh, fascinating and uh, and <laughs> worrisome in many ways, and and. And you know, there's I I feel compelled to to uh, acknowledge you and thank you for taking everything that you know and making a transition in your life to uh, 
not only educate, but also create a conversation, a global conversation at the ground root level for all, for all of us to begin to share with our families and with the people we love. I think, I think we are on our way to an abyss, a mental abyss, and, uh, and we need to find a way to do something about it. Now, um, from the little knowledge I have, Dr. Gupta, uh, there is what makes sense, right? As you're speaking, it just makes sense. Throw away the phone. <laughs> like, like she's, this, is, this is a bad pill. <laughs> this is a bad chicken wing, right? Uh, but we can't necessarily do it or, or, or we're not necessarily going to do it. What are your suggestions? I know we have an unbelievable workshop that you're going to be leading with Tara uh, Heaton uh, next uh, in a couple of weeks, in two weeks from today in yeah. Nashville. And so, so everyone who lives in the United States needs to go there. But in the meantime, and I'm going to put in the chat more information about this workshop. It's going to be live in, uh, in, in person with Dr. Gupta and Tara in Nashville. But in the meantime, what are your what is, would be your guidance, your direction for so many of us who are un, unknowingly we are addicted, or unconsciously we are addicted to our phone, and uh, the very makeup of our brain is saying, "No, this is useful. This I need. This I need. This." Yet it is causing all these problems that you're pointing to. What what can we do? I will take a cue from what you said about wanting to throw the phone out but can't do it right? So I never advocate people to give up their phones. I never advocate digital detox for the whole weekend and then go back to binging on Monday morning. It doesn't work. It might work in the short term, but it doesn't. It's not a sustainable practice. So we have to learn practices that are sustainable. We have to learn to live in harmony with technology. Technology is not going anywhere. It's only going to get better and better and better. And it's going to encroach upon every single aspect of our life. So we have to learn to achieve what I call life technology balance. So that also points me back to the question of the day. How do we add three hours in a day? So it totally depends on how our day is structured. I'll give a general layout of what an average person's day or 24 hours might look like. I, I invite everybody to imagine that their 24 days in an hour are represented by a bucket. Okay, now let's let's figure out what are the activities that we put in those 24 hours of in that bucket of 24 hours. Sleep for about seven to eight hours, work for about eight to nine hours, maybe 10 hours. Exercise is recommended for at least 60 minutes every day. Preparation of meals and everything, eating meals, cleaning up two hours, chores for a couple hours, hobbies, leisure, that does not include any devices or media. If we still have hobbies and uh, non-media leisure, then maybe one hour. Driving around, socializing with neighbors, family, friends, one hour, that's it. That's over 24 hours. Now, an average person spends about three to six hours on their devices every day outside of work, okay? So I'm talking about discretionary time spent on devices, leisure time, scrolling social media, scrolling TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, just scrolling Google, just scrolling- Three Google. hours a day, the average person? Three to five. Oh my goodness. Uh, exactly. And if I give you the data for adolescents, you'll probably fall out of your chair. 
five to seven hours per day outside of schoolwork on devices in 14 to 18 year olds in a published research study. There is, this is an epidemic and this is going to get worse and worse with time until we put a stop to it, Giovanni. So let's imagine if we put those three hours in that bucket of 24 hours, what is going to leak from that bucket? What is going to be replaced? Is, are we compromising on sleep so that we can scroll some more before we go to bed? Are we compromising on exercise? Are we not paying full attention to work while we are working for nine hours, our work keeps pile up or keeps piling up. By the end of the day, we are then either displacing sleep or exercise to catch up on work, or we are carrying the subconscious burden of unfinished work with us even after work is over. So there is no work-life balance, there is no life technology balance. So it's important to look at the structure of a day, sit down and make a media plan, not just for ourselves, but for our children as well. What are the essential activities that we absolutely have to make time in 24 hours so that we can have the health and well-being that we deserve? I love this, this is fascinating. I can't wait to be in Nashville. I am going to be in Nashville. Uh, Dr. Gupta, give us, give us the date and the times to, uh, to connect with you or to attend Reconnect Nashville. And also, I'd like to open up the, the, the floor for any questions, for any comments, and anything that anyone wants to, uh, to ask Dr. Gupta. It is a pleasure to have her. Any thoughts for you, Sorel? Yeah, Dr. Gupta, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's... Uh... When it comes to adding three hours into our lives, I think I think everybody, including me, is struggling with what's leaking out of the bucket. But I never really was conscious that what's leaking is leaking because of the time that I am unconsciously spending on my phone. Uh, if you were to give us two to three recommendations, like actions we can take to at once decrease the amount of screen time without taking away the productivity boost that our wireless mobile devices do give us. What would you recommend? I would recommend reinventing our relationship with our devices, Sorel. And what that means is we have to look at our devices and treat them as tools. And the most common example that I give of this, and I'll do give this example at Reconnect Nashville as well, is that of a butter knife. We use butter knife to cut butter, spread butter, we put it back in its place. We don't walk around the house with a butter knife because we treat it as a tool. We pick it up only when we need it and we put it down when it is done. The same applies to a hammer. So whatever your favorite tool is, butter knife, hammer, whichever, next time you look at your device, imagine it as a butter knife or a hammer. Are you picking up your device because you're trying to escape from something, from boredom, from stress, from anxiety, from anything physically or mentally strenuous, or you're picking it up because there is really something you need to do with that device in that moment. I encourage people to talk to the brain, no matter how insane it might sound, talk to your brain actively, address the mind trash. Here is, here is how it works. You tell your brain, I'm trying to avoid exercising. I don't think it's a good idea. I always feel great after I exercise. I just need to put the damn phone down and start. <laughs> what down? 
Put the damn phone down, Jill. I saw you. <laughs> that's the way to speak. That's how I speak. I like that. <laughs> now, now, Dr. Gupta, here's something interesting. A lot of people, including myself, you know, the lock screen for the phone actually has either a picture of a loved one or a picture that is uh, that connects me immediately to a memory that's really fond. So would you count <laughs> just like that? Oh, so you make yours blank, huh? Ah. I don't need the screen of my phone to remind me of the pretty faces of my kids. I see them real time 24-7. Ah, so you actually count as screen time, detrimental screen time. No, not this is not this would not be screen time, but this is something that would make me reach for my device. This would make my device interesting and during. I have made my device absolutely boring. So you've turned your phone into a butter knife, like a good old-fashioned flip phone. I got it. <laughs> Which has the features of the smartphone when I need it. So in when I'm we doing it right now as we speak, actually, this is phenomenal. The, so now uh, there there are different levels of treatment here. Okay, I'm, I'm talking about treatment because I think of it as addiction. I've been talking to a few psychologists and psychiatrists and counselors recently. And they all say that in the next five to 10 years, cell phone addiction is most likely going to be recognized as a DSM-5 disorder for addiction. So we cannot shy away from the fact that this is in fact an addiction. Like, you know how we, when we start any fitness training program, there is a beginner level, there is an intermediate level and there is an advanced level. So going to a screen like this is probably an intermediate level. And then going to grayscale, Okay, it's in your settings, going to grayscale that removes all color from the apps, everything is black and white, is the advanced level. Grayscale. So if I search on my phone right now, look for grayscale, it's going to take me to settings, and I can make everything monochrome. Yes. Wow. And that will make it so boring you would probably not want to look at your device other than when you actually need to use it. There you go, TikTok and grayscale. <laughs> if you need to really enjoy TikTok in multicolor, use it on your desktop. I'm not asking people to like completely <laughs> not have any fun in their life, uh, <laughs> but to use it on a desktop. I, I remember uh, before I did reconnect here in Atlanta, one, there was a time where I didn't understand why I wasn't happy and everything was, is relatively in my life, everything is working um, better than ever. But yet the, my experience of my life was just unhappy. And, and I happen to have a life that is full of contribution to human beings. And I couldn't get to understand why. And then I began to get curious about the mechanics of the brain, right? My unhappiness has something to do with the makeup of my brain. And, and, in, and in Reconnect between you and Tara do a really phenomenal job at introducing uh, some of the makeup of the brain. And I know we only have maybe a one minute left, but 
Dr. Gupta, what are, why is it that our brain loves so much these triggers that end up creating depression and anxiety? The easiest way to understand is that that is by the example of Pavlov's doggy experiment. A lot of us have heard of that. Pavlov was a scientist back in the 1800s where he trained his dog to salivate in response to the sound of the bell even when there was no food. It took him several months to condition the brain of the dog to behave like that. First, he showed the dog food, rang the bell, food, bell. Over time, the dog started associating the sound of the bell with food and would salivate. Then Pavlov took the food away and only left the bell there. That is what our brains have become conditioned to do. Our brains release a hormone called dopamine that gives us a spike of pleasure. Every time there is a ding, a buzz, a shine, a notification, a new like, a new comment, there is dopamine in our brain that makes us reach for the device incessantly over and over again in a robotic fashion, in a preconditioned fashion. Wow, that's not a joke. The rest of your life is at stake. This is not, this is not something to take lightly. Dr. Gupta, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for being here. This is just a real treat to have you. What are your last words for today? My last words for today is to encourage and invite people to retain the humanness of our kind, humankind. We have to try and retain the humanness of our kind and not let technology create zombies out of us. We have to reconnect with what truly matters. We have to reconnect with the real life. We have to reconnect with health, joy, and efficiency. We have to make an effort to ungrip devices and grip life. Mm. That's beautiful. Dr. Gupta, thank you for making your life's purpose, educating us on how to have a better life. And for the rest of you, thank you for being here. Sorel, thank you for being my partner in crime and in transformation. My life is better from the moment I met you. Thank you for creating this space where all of these conversations can happen. My name is Giovanni Gonzalez. I love you. Sorel loves you more. At the Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give our very best each day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss that stress. Laugh. Laugh out loud from your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back. You will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love. Most of all, love. With your words, your thoughts, and your actions, power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Go out and share your unique ability to impact 
the world. Until next time.